The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the tenth chapter. After this, the Lord appointed seventy others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. Jesus said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you, cure the sick who are there, and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Whoever listens to you, listens to me. And whoever rejects you, rejects me. And whoever rejects me, rejects the one who sent me. The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watch Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise to you, o Christ. Please be seated. Let us pray. How mighty are your deeds, O Lord, that you restore us, restore us to yourself, restore us to one another. Strengthen us now in this time by this word that you have given us through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Be with us in this time and send us out like these 70, that we may be your body for the world. All these things we ask in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> Our lesson begins this morning with the words, After these things, what are these, these things? Our reading this week bumps up immediately following our reading from last week, where the last things we hear are Jesus' words to those who wish to follow him. No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. But the interesting thing is, after these, these three people come and they ask Jesus, Lord, let us follow you wherever you go, and he denies them because they want to do something else first. It's interesting that he now addresses 70 others Seventy who have followed him, and sends them to prepare the way for his arrival into the villages and the towns as he goes on his way to Jerusalem. 
These are people who have been called and chosen to participate in Jesus' mission because Jesus himself tells them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. It's interesting that after three words of denial to people who wish to follow him, that Jesus then turns around and says, You people, you have been chosen. You are fit to work in this kingdom of God. In the life of of the church, it's the work of some to, to prepare the land, to help others clear away the weeds and the stones, the burdens that keep others from experiencing the peace that God wishes upon them in their house to lay the groundwork for others to receive that peace. And yet for others, it's the work to plant and to sow, to teach, to nurture the faith that we've been given as a gift from God, to help guide others toward the fruitfulness that God has in store for our lives, bearing one another's burdens, repairing damaged relationships with compassion and gentleness, bringing peace and mercy to those afflicted by hunger, by violence, by drought, by flood, by the harsh reality of our broken world. But for this group of followers, for these 70, Jesus says, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. It's the work of these people to gather in, to pull people in closer to Jesus as he comes into their midst, to show them that the kingdom of God has indeed come near. It is here and it is now, and it's time to gather people into that kingdom. This this harvest, these people whom God is calling, these 70, each and every one of us to reach out to and pull into the fold, are numerous. But there are only a few of you. So ask that the Lord would send out more laborers into this harvest. Pray that God would make more disciples, would use us to prepare the way and nurture the seeds planted in others so that they too can join us in the mission of God. Go on your way. See that I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Jesus knows that what he's calling this small number to what he's calling each and every one of us to is dangerous. It leaves us vulnerable, adding to the weight of sacrifice mentioned from last week. Like a lamb, the early followers of Jesus, they were young in their faith. The ones that they encountered would be skeptical, of course. They'd be uncompassionate, maybe even downright evil. But Jesus sends them out anyway, knowing that they will endure with him, with Jesus as their God. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. But notice what they're equipped with. Verse 4 says that Jesus told them to carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one along the road. They're not supposed to carry any money with them. No bag for extra clothes or shelter, no sandals, no extra pair of shoes, and to greet no one along the road. 
Sounds odd that God would send us into a harvest prepared with nothing to take, but this is in fact a freedom given to these early followers of Jesus. Don't take anything with you. Don't be burdened by the security blanket of supplies and distraction that you can carry with you. Rely instead on one another. Rely on God's provision for your life, that this harvest will in fact be plentiful. And that what you do in the name of Jesus with one another will bear fruit. And don't greet anyone along the road. Don't get distracted in the moment and take your focus off of what God is calling for us to do. This is yet another application of what Jesus said in the last chapter. Whoever puts their hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Because stopping along the way sometimes prolongs us from reaching the place where God wants us to go. So carry nothing with you. Do none of these things, but go, still go. Go on your way vulnerable to the people and the opportunities which God has placed before you. Take with you only what is needed. What Jesus shows these followers is needed aren't million-dollar budgets, armies of volunteers, big fancy gadgets, or even a certain type of person to lead them. No, go out two by two and work in the harvest because it is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Take instead my peace. Take the focus of this mission of grace with you and share it with those you encounter, unburdened by the weight of sins or these excess possessions and securities that prohibit you from fully interacting with your neighbor. Make yourselves vulnerable to the hospitality, to the grace, the compassion, the gifts of God which flow through these people you will meet. Make yourselves lambs set out into the midst of wolves. Be gentle. Be kind. Extend grace and peace in treating yourselves to everyone you meet. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Now the thing is, a lamb knows the difference between when it's safe, when it's surrounded by other lambs, by shepherds who intend for their care. And they also know when it's not so safe, when it's truly dangerous, when wolves surround us. So as these followers of Jesus move from town to town, carrying nothing with them, and treating themselves to the hospitality of others, they're not told to be careless but instead realize that as God is calling you to green pastures and still waters, you will come upon people who do not treat you as neighbors, people who refuse to hear this message of God's kingdom, people, people who do not welcome you into their midst.
But even through all of this, look at what they're supposed to do. Not to call down fire and brimstone as James and John wished last week. But say to this town, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Jesus doesn't want us as we go into this mission field, this harvest of our community, of this world, to return unwelcomeness, to return in hospitality with anger, with violence, with hatred, but instead move on to the next place, continuing to extend that blessing that comes to those who welcome us. The kingdom of God is near. Yes, call out their uncompassionate nature. Call for their repentance. Leave them still with the gospel that we've been given. Know this, that the kingdom of God is near. And continue to work in the harvest. Now if you'll notice, there are a few verses missing from our reading this morning. Verses 12 to 15. And at this point, Jesus turns not to speak to his disciples or these followers, but more broadly to unrepentant cities, to towns where Jesus and his disciples have already been rejected. Jesus is calling down woe and condemnation on these people who have refused to accept him at this point. But we must note that this woe, this wrath, this destruction, it doesn't come from the disciples or from the 70. It comes from God alone. When we're rejected, when the compassion we extend toward others and the message of redemption in Christ that we share is refused, it's not our job to get angry. It's not our job to get even. It's not our job to pound down the doors and force people to change. That wrath, that judgment belongs to God and to God alone. But whoever listens to you, whoever hears you say that the kingdom of God is near, listens to me. And whoever rejects this rejects me, and whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. So continue to spread that love Continue to spread that message. God is here, and God is near. And you 70, you faithful disciples who are called to this place and sent out among wolves as lambs, be freed from that wrath. Be freed from that anger. Serve even the wolves who would seek to destroy you. Love the people who reject you. Love the people who reject God. Now all of this sounds well and good, but realistically, how does it work? We're taught to keep our guard up, to not make ourselves vulnerable, especially in matters of our faith. Because our faith is one of the most precious gifts that God has given us. And we must guard it, we must protect it, we must hold it closely trying to keep ourselves closed off at a distance, though, doesn't serve us any better than it would serve these 70, making themselves vulnerable to the towns they go to. We must take a lesson from these 70, these sheep sent out among wolves, 
how they returned with joy. Joy that they were sent out in the name of the Lord. Joy that even the demons would submit to them. They went out into the world vulnerable with compassion, with humility, and they returned having forged strong ties with these people. They returned strengthened by the healing and the grace that they saw in others and the meals that they shared with their loved ones in their homes. They saw that even the demons then, these spiritual forces that tell us to be wary of the stranger and be skeptical of the generous, these demons can't gain victory over the joy and peace of Christ that guides us on our ways. They came back with joy because by preparing the way for Jesus, by sharing in his grace and working in this harvest, they found Jesus himself. But in this moment of triumph, we must also notice that Jesus gives a final word of caution. I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. But nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The peace that travels with each and every one of us, this power of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This God who lives within each and every one of us, that's peace. It's the same peace that Satan himself rejected. It's the same peace that he fell from faster than a bolt of lightning. Satan himself had the same gifts. He had the same abilities and the same mission that each and every one of us share, but tradition tells us that he got caught up in the power and the works themselves and thought himself more powerful than God. So what Jesus reminds us of with these final words is that we celebrate in the gift of God's love, the gift of God's peace, not in what we can do. Continue, then, to remain humble like lambs instead of growing content in your power and becoming the very wolves we go out to serve. Though we know that God leads us, guides us, and protects us, we know that this mission we share to serve our neighbors and enemies with the love and compassion of Christ is difficult. But in spite of all that, we can approach Jesus in prayer and in thanksgiving with joy, joy that we share in this peace, joy that we've been set free from the power of sin, joy that we've been freed to experience and share the peace of God. We can approach God with joy that we can show others just how much God has done for us through the resurrection of Jesus. We can approach Christ with joy knowing that our names are truly written in heaven. Amen.